0: Hugh Sign, a world-renowned graphic artist with the biggest names in music and the corporate world. Andy Wilson, an award-winning marketing and public relations executive with over 20 years of combined multi-level entertainment industry experience in the music and sports business. Now
1: let's buzz.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Music Buzz podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy Wilson, along with Dane Clark. Hey, Dane. Hi, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm good. And also, Hugh Syme. How's it going, Hugh?
2: It's going well, thank you, Andrew. How are you?
0: I'm well, thank you. So our guest today, uh, which we do this from time to time, is one of our own, Dane Clark. Welcome, Dane.
3: Yay! Well, thank you very much. How you doing, Dane? I'm doing great. It's my birthday. Jeez, well, happy birthday, man. So
0: Glad you're spending time with us. I'm at 29 today, fellas. Yeah, uh, well, again, You guys nice. are looking a little long in the tooth there, but I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's all in how you feel. <laughs> You know, it's not right. how you look, none of that. That's true. So I always kick this off with a little bio about our guest, so I'm going to do the same for you, just to you know, make you feel good before we start oh talking Oh man, about build me record. up,
3: build me up, buttercup.
0: Yep. So Dane is an Indiana native, he's been honing his instrumental skills for years in the drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, you name it. He also can sing, and he's a songwriter, I mean, that's pretty impressive. He's been the drummer for Rock and Roll Hall of Famer John Mellencamp since 1996. Before joining John's band, um, he was doing sessions all over town uh, for many years in the 80s and 90s. He's done a lot of interesting projects over the years uh, outside of the Mellencamp band, uh, released a lot of his own records, shared the stage with some of the biggest names in entertainment, released a pandemic record called Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys, whose new record is also what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, And he worked with a little bit of everybody, uh, everybody from John Sebastian to Steve Earle to... The late, great John Prine shared the stage with the likes of Dizzy Gillespie, Josh Groban, John Fogarty, and Sting, among others. And he's also done a lot of um, really cool projects with names like Donovan, who's on his new record, uh, Moby Grape and others, uh, Ian Hunter, etc., etc. And just been a a really a, a figurehead and a fixture in the Indiana and Indianapolis music scene for Many many years, so you know. I know, Dane. We give a, we give each other a lot of uh, a lot of crap on this show, um, poking jabs at each other. But I know I can speak on Hugh's behalf as well. We have a lot of respect for your um, abilities and um, your work as a musician, for sure. So, congrats to all your success.
3: Well, thanks, Andy. You know that that would almost bring a tear to a glass eye. What you're saying there, <laughs> I really appreciate that. And uh...
0: man, I knew I shouldn't have been so nice.
3: No, I appreciate that. I really do.
0: Yeah. So this new record that you put together, just listening to it over the last several days, because you shared it with us, uh, it's really, really good. You managed to, to put together a really interesting list of guests as well, friends of yours, for this record. And you've got a pretty decent artist who did the did the album cover as well. I'm not sure well, who did that, but they did a really good job. Um, you know, I, awesome I, I contacted
3: there. a lot of people, and <laughs> I just couldn't really find anybody right. in the last second. <laughs> 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 no, you, uh he really kicked ass on the cover, and he did it. He did it very quickly.
0: I want to start there, because the interesting thing is, and this is a question for both of you, the, the title, Memory Mile. So, A, where did that come from for you, Dane? And then, B, Hugh, how did that speak to you with this cover that you've come up with, which is really, really quite staggering, which is not a surprise, but but it is.
2: Thanks. Well, I was inspired partly because, well, largely because it was Dane. A good title speak to me. I mean, I love a good title. The
3: actual name, Memory Mile, came from, I had a song that Elliot Murphy and I wrote together a few years back. We did three or four songs. Broken Ladder, which came out in 2019 on uh, Rebel Town. But that's where it came from. And originally, I was, you know, you talked about all these guests involved. I was going to call this thing collaborations. And then I realized that I wanted... The song memory Mile" to close the record and that's when i thought well really almost all these songs have kind of tie into being a memory or, or a reflection on something or something like that and then you know not exactly it's not a concept record but uh it just seemed to work really well and as soon as i said memory mild to hue then i mean it it was the same day you fired back the artwork and it was like okay well we're not going to change that now
2: right uh it's fabulous also one of the more airy tracks the more intimate tracks on the album which i really like and being a huge fan of leon billy payne and even floyd kramer you know there's some lovely piano stuff going on in there and all throughout this just an oversight on this deep dive that i did today the, the arrangements are really good i mean the singing is impressive the uh, the vocal harmonies are are very very well worked out um, yeah it's a very good album yeah well, i appreciate that great falsetto on memory mile Is that you that's
3: elliot and we'll just start talking even though that's the last tune let's just start about that yeah. it's the title tune the way i worked with him was i had germs of songs like i think i had a verse in the chorus and I sent it to him and he sent it back and actually the hook line he came up with and sent it back to me it was and we started it as a kind of a different tempo and it ended up being more kind of like an Elton John ballad or something the way that it is now
0: and you're talking about Elliot Murphy here just so I'm I can make sure I'm talking about Elliot was, Murphy
3: yes yeah. uh, so
0: so was he in Paris doing these things and emailing yes. them back to you and yep.
3: okay yeah yeah we, we were we were just emailing back and forth and uh, no he he just he plays the harmonica and he sings that yeah. falsetto bit, and then you can tell when he takes over, like the second verse, his voice is very distinctive. What a nice guy. What a great writer. I mean, all you got to do is just get him started, and man, he just rolls with it. Yeah. And the uh, Leon Russell feel that you mentioned, that's Troy, Troy Kennett. Oh, yeah. He's playing my Hammond organ I've got sitting here in my studio, and that piano was at a studio up in Summitville. We specifically went up to do two or three songs that day, and that's why it's got that organic kind of a feel so
0: yeah it's great it's a great track so let's listen to it um we're going to listen to the re- listen to bits and pieces of all these songs as we uh, as we talk through it. but let's uh, let's kick it off and, and listen to uh memory mile here we go title track from uh, the new record
1: And a mental oh fool Not the worst guy to be
0: I left my life's discomfort Under that old oak tree
1: When I fumbled with praying I held your trembling hand My restless heart Was, was tamed inside that golden band There were some troubled times Some dark and trying days A few bumps in the road Along the way we never lost our faith Never forgot that vow To stay together through it all And just look at us now
0: That was Memory Mile, great track, Dane. Uh, congratulations again. Yeah. I, I got a question on Elliot. So your relationship yep. there? How did yep. you meet? How did you meet him? I met
3: him uh, after a Mellencamp show about 25 years ago. We were playing in New Jersey, I think it was, and if I remember right, I had already been a fan, and Andy York had run into him. Maybe a few days before that, he had played somewhere, and he said, our drummer is a big fan of yours, and John Mellencamp is a big fan of Elliott's, too. So I met him after this show. We struck up a friendship, and we've been corresponding ever since. And on my first record, which came out 20 years ago, came out in uh, 2002, he wrote a nice blurb for that record. And about five years ago was when we collaborated on uh, a few songs, which I talked about Broken Ladder earlier, which came out, and then this one, and then we're still... There's another one that will come up on an upcoming release, and then one that we've, we have to get back to. But Cool. Uh, that's great. Just a great guy. I, I still listen to his records. We go back and forth. He's a big fan of my daughter, Abigail. In fact, that should be coming out soon. She did a version of his song, Just a Story from America, which I produced, which he's been in love with, and it's been sitting around for six or seven years, and he's always on me about And I finally I sent him the masters. I said, man, go ahead. He goes, can I put it out for her? i said well sure you know so he's uh he's just he's a sweet guy and he's a hard worker his new record it's called wonder it just came out a month ago it's fantastic loved it i just listened to it last night it's very very good
2: great artist i'm always curious to know about musicians and really you know for all the times that we've talked and we've um, shared music and shared this particular podcast I've never really asked you your, your process. When you go into the studio and you've developed the, the melodies and the essential direction of the song and so on, how, how locked down are those directions? Is that very much reliant on the band's jamming and influence? Or do you have all kinds of pretty steadfast ideas in your mind how this thing should proceed? That also plays to the other question, how rehearsed are you? Or, or how much of what you do is kind of spontaneous once they start rolling tape? well as far as being a a drummer on the tracks
3: that's usually very spontaneous i don't try to try not to think about that too much yeah but actually sitting down and writing the tunes you know i write some of them on the piano you can kind of tell the ones that are piano based usually yeah and usually everything kind of comes at once i'll normally i'll start with something i'll have a title and you know i'll kind of write it all as i go normally and, but a lot of these songs on this record, I think there's maybe half or more, I've co-written with someone else. So those are all, uh, it just depends on, you know, each song, we can get into that, how each song kind of came yeah. about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I want to get yeah. into some of that now, and I'd like yeah. to focus, if we can, a little bit on the Donovan tracks. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that relationship and what and whatnot. But before we do that, I'd like to, to listen a little bit to the first song, which is also the first video. Uh, for the record, uh, "Ricky, Ricky, Tavi." If we can uh, listen to a little bit of that, and then uh, talk about the talk about the relationship with Donovan. Let's let's hear that.
3: Here we go.
1: To it now, no stacking, please. The United Nations ain't really united. And the organizations ain't really organized. Ricky Ticky Tabby, the mongoose is gone. Ricky Ticky Tabby, the mongoose is gone. I won't be going around for to kill your snake no more, my love. (laughs) (laughs) Ricky, Tabby, the mongoose
0: is All right, there it was. Ricky, uh, Ricky, Tabby. That's the uh, first song on the new record by Dane Clark, the one and only Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys. Going through the whole new record, Memory Mile, on this podcast with our co-host Dane. So that one is the first song, as I mentioned, on the new record. It was a charting single for Donovan back in 1970. Yep. So I'd like to hear just your history of, of that, of this song. You know, this song is over 50 years old now, and you really breathe new life into it. I mean, it's awesome. And, oh, thank uh, you. Uh, but talk a little bit about that, and then also kind of segue into the other tune, Worst Best Friend, sure. which features Donovan singing
3: right vocals. Well, I've always been a huge Donovan fan, you know, I was one of those kids that started collecting records, you know, at a very early age, six or seven years old, I was buying 45s and, you know, I think I've got every Donovan record that was ever released. But no, I collected Don's stuff and uh, I can call him Don because we're friends and was just, I always thought he was a very overlooked songwriter as, uh, you know, by the time I was old enough to turn people on to Donovan, who's kind of past his period of having all those. I mean, when you think about how many hit songs he had before he was 21, it's really kind of unbelievable, actually. Yeah. So anyway, the record that uh, "Ricky, tikki tavi came from was called Open Road, and it was the most rocking raw record that he ever did. And it's still probably my favorite because of that. It's just a four-piece band just rocking and donovan's the lead guitar player on it he's the only guitar player on it i think i'm pretty sure so anyway flash forward to uh 2005 and of course when i got in john's band as we you know we make records we'll he'll reference people and the band will reference people oh man it's kind of got this kind of a vibe and he would reference donovan a lot because he's a big fan of donovan as well so he ended up recruiting donovan to be the opening act on the 2005 John Mellicamp tour. And what was funny about that, he didn't open actually, he played in the middle. So we came (laughs) out and played, I don't really remember how many songs, but maybe, you know, two, two sets. So maybe eight or nine. And then Donovan came out and did his whole set. And then we finished the show. Which was pretty unusual we've never done anything like that before since
2: was that john showing his Mm -hmm. respect i think it was
3: yeah i'm pretty sure that that's that's why he did it that way yeah and what a what an honor for me to be able to play some of my favorite songs that have ever been written and recorded playing them live every night with one of my an icon here you know yeah and uh it it was just fabulous fabulous tour and we were actually on the same bus together so we had some good times we got to know each other really well And uh, I ended up producing three tracks for a record called Ritual Groove, which came out in 2010. Hmm. There's actually a few more that are still kind of laying in the can that we might get back to one of these days. As was a song that we wrote together while we were out on the road. He said, I got this idea for this song. The keyboard player at the time, Michael Ramos, had a... I didn't have recording gear out with me back then, but he did and he recorded uh, Donovan just kind of singing a cappella. He didn't have a key or anything. And I had a copy of that. I said, can I take that and maybe work on it? And he said, sure, yeah, do what you want to. Uh, surely enough, he was right in the key of G. Uh-huh. And I took of uh, just an acapella vocal and wrote the chords around it. And then I came up with the B section of the song and we got together A few years later, a couple years later, I guess it was, and he liked what I'd done, and he sang to that. At that time, I'd already had a track that I'd put together. So, and I don't think I've actually changed anything about that since that time. Right. So... Worst best friends, So that's been just kind of laying there waiting to happen. And about a year ago, Don and I touched base again. We hadn't talked for a couple of years. And he actually called me right after Charlie Watts passed. We talked maybe an hour and a half that day. And uh, it was really nice. And I had sent him "Ricky, tikki tavi and he loved it. And I said, would it be okay to put out Worst Best Friend? He said, well, send it back to me. It's been so long, I can't even, I don't remember what it was like. Mm. And I sent it, and he goes, yeah, man, why don't you just, I said, can I put it on this record? He said, well, sure.
0: Nice. Let's stop for a second and listen to it real quick. and then Check um, it out. Yeah. Let's listen to Worst Best Friend. This is the, uh, this features Donovan singing lead vocals. I
1: forgot. Remember to forget you. Tonight your memory came down Something on the radio was playing Crying out along
0: There it is, uh, "Worst Best Friend" from uh, Memory Mile.
2: I love how on the mic and warm and compressed his, and he still has that hurdy gurdy vibrato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he goes yeah. up to that high stuff, you can tell that Robert Plant
3: used to listen to that when he was mm-hmm. trying to figure out to get his thing. Yeah, you know that thing. It's like, yeah, okay. I oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, I wonder where you got that, Mr. Plant.
0: No, I, I, that's such a great, a great title though, right? I mean, "Worst Best Friend." It's funny when I, when I first read that, I was like. That's so simple, but I'm like, I don't know that I've ever heard that before.
3: I don't think I have either. I mean, of course, you could Google it, and there might be somebody that... It could have been a 1955 country song or
0: something. like I've never heard that before. It's pretty wild. uh, And then I started thinking of different people. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. But what a voice
3: the guy's got. And let me just talk. So, uh, on that song... I played the banjo and the mandolin. I played a bunch of stuff on that tune. Acoustic and electrics. Andy Orton played that wah-wah, kind of George Harrison-y stuff uh, on guitar. Did great. Yeah. Eric Skull played the organ. Randy Melson played bass. And Scott Kemper did all the oohs and ahs. And the rest of the vocals, when people are actually saying words, that's that's myself and Mr. Donovan Leach.
2: That obviously plays to another thing I'm curious about. I know you are a multi-instrumentalist. Where did you start? Hmm was it the de rigueur piano lessons or did you just find it your- was yeah yeah uh third grade eight years
3: old yeah. piano lessons i was actually i to, I would call myself a prodigy but she was very she kind of went man this i didn't really have to practice and whatever she gave me i could do i was just bored yeah. with piano so bored yeah. that I would come home off the bus and I'd just tell my parents, yeah, I practiced the piano for a half hour right before you guys get home. And I'd just be watching yeah. TV and I'd see him pull in the driveway and I'd kind of sneak down and go over to the piano and start banging on it for a couple of minutes. So I didn't take it that seriously, but I did learn how to read music and I learned how to, you know, from Beatle tunes and Donovan tunes and actually Love and Spoonful songs, I learned how to make my way through chord progressions. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. I went from that to guitar and drums was actually last.
2: Right. And what age were you when you did when
3: you started uh, guitar? About a year after that, so probably nine, ten playing the drums. Yeah.
0: So the the third song on the record is yeah. "Magic Woman Eyes." I, I want to listen to that first, and then we'll we'll, we'll chat yeah. about it a little bit. So here's "Magic Woman Eyes."
1: for the gas in ghost town colorado under the spell of the night she walked up white cotton dress swaying raven hair shining in the moonlight and i asked her if she was just passing through did she need a ride was she lonesome too and she answered yes well so shone through Woman eyes, they got me hypnotized And I know I'll never be the same Strange to love a friend She blew it with the wind Will she ride out with tomorrow's friend?
0: Right, that was the Magic Woman Eyes, that's the third track on Dane's uh, new record,
3: Memory Mile. So I wrote that with my buddy Jason Sturgeon. I produced his first record and that he had a lot of success with, That's Me, 2000, gosh, I don't know, dating myself, to 2010 or maybe 2012-ish. But anyway, we, we wrote a batch of songs a few years ago, and this was one of them. It seemed to end up being more of a Dane kind of a song than a Jason kind of a song, so I recorded it first, he may cut it also. But uh, I wanted a real rocker on there, it's something that was really kind of driving. It's just kind of a, kind of a fantasy little song that you know could have been true or not. It's just kind of. I, sometimes I try to my, write songs that could be little movies or something, mm-hmm. and uh, this is one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what this song is like. It's like this guy runs into this girl, and you're never sure if he's, you think he's really doing it, or is he dreaming it, or is it? What's exactly going on here?
2: Yeah, some of my favorite songs are movies. Eleanor Rigby, Penny Lane. What sure. great stories those might be! Right. <laughs> you sure.
3: know, you got to keep an element of mystery about it, and that's what we tried to do there. Yeah. But then, the, then the lipstick yeah. thing rolls out from under the seat, and you think, well, she had to have been there then. Yeah. But anyway, you got to listen to yeah. you folks have to listen to the song to catch all that. Uh, but let me thank uh, Dave Rowe, who uh, is a good buddy of mine, who sat in on bass guitar on that song. Uh, mm. He used to play with Johnny Cash plays with Dan Auerbach. He played with us when we did the uh, John Mellencamp, Stephen King, Ghost Brothers show. He was mm-hmm. a bass player there. Troy Kennett played organ. Eric played all those cool guitar parts. And my old buddy Jack Taylor from high school sang background vocals with us. Okay. So, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: And that's Eric Skull you're speaking of, yeah?
3: Eric Skull, yes.
0: Yeah. Now, Eric's a guy, that's, uh, he's a name that's been around a while, especially in the Indiana music scene. but you know plays guitar plays keyboards can sing and he can do like all kinds of stuff like he's masterful stuff. he's a he's a really skilled guy i know you've well uh, you've leaned a lot on him over the years right in different he's been in
3: my band now we're we always joke him since he you know before he had gray hair uh he was <laughs> right. in my band well I see my be-
0: people can't see me on the podcast my beard was was dark before i we started doing before this you started doing this right
3: yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah well he uh I think he's been there for 18 years. So I've known him that long. He's he's a great guitar player, he's a killer keyboard player. We actually collaborated on a song that'll be on the next the album that's in the pipeline, Dark Mood Jamboree coming out next year. And he's just a he's a wonderful guy and uh, very happy to have him. Do you co-write with Eric? Well, we have not yet, but we just we did on on the next record. On uh, the Dark Blue oh. Jamboree, I gave him a little snippet of a song, and I told him to turn it. and You'll love it. I told him to turn it into something from Surfs Up or Pet Sounds, just one little phrase and chord progression.
0: That's why it's he's start- got gray. That's why he's got gray hair. He's been waiting for twenty years to yeah. write song He's been so going long.
3: finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally, he throws me a yeah. uh, songwriting bone right, here. Right,
0: exactly. Well, let's listen to Wrong Gone World. That's kind of hard to say. I got to be honest.
3: It is. It was hard to even sing it. Wrong Gone World,
0: I should say. Slow down a little bit. Here it is. That one was wrong gone world dan clark the back room boys very good tell us about that one dave yeah well that was actually written about the same time
3: as the songs from isolation record maybe just slightly okay. after because it's it was that thing it kind of has the, that
0: feel to it a little bit so yeah i, mean, I guess that it, makes it, sense
3: yeah it's uh it's another song like uh, uh magic woman eyes it's another kind of a fantasy if you listen to the lyrics the way the story goes at the end you find out that the narrator was asleep and just woke up and went oh my god you know but you know how everything turned around in our world there a
2: couple years ago so that's where that came from abigail kills it on this she sounds great and also the two of you together there was a blend there that was kind of really i don't know just kind of a, almost a plant Krauss kind oh interesting of thing. if we sing
3: the same exact note and it's low enough on the horn For both of us it almost sounds like one person it's really bizarre in fact if you listen back to the second verse of uh, Ricky Tiki Tabby she's singing with me and I kept turning her up but she's on there with me and you can only hear her barely stick out it's really kind of bizarre
0: so this song too I mean as far as you know you've got a a smattering of guests on here but yeah so you've got Abigail on here right
3: yep Randy Melson on bass Troy Kennett on all the real cool Wurlitzer and synthesizer stuff yeah. and we set out to make this I said you know I haven't done a fusiony tune on a record for yeah. since my first record and I did a couple of really cool ones on there and I thought it's it's time so Eric played some great stuff and sang some great stuff and, and John Harrington who has been in Steely Dan I think about as long as I've been in John Mellencamp's band, so maybe yeah. 25 years he's been playing mm-hmm. we haven't played together since for 30 years so even though we weren't in the same room I was really excited when he said oh man I, I love that song can I can I i play on it yeah great and I said, oh. well, yeah and it's just like furious lead guitar yeah so sure thank john for being a part of that
0: it's a standout song on the record for sure i think maybe just for the fact that it, it is really different too um amongst the the lot as you will
3: i was kind of set out and i think it kind of did it to like a cross between steely dan and the jefferson airplane
0: yeah yeah i can hear that yep it's uh that's a fun one cool Cool, cool, cool. Well, Eyes of the Child, you want to talk about that one for us?
3: Yes. I wrote this, it was at the very end of the 2019 tour when I was, I do a lot of writing when I have my days off. When I'm out on the road, I always have a guitar on the bus. I wrote two songs that day. One of them will be on the next record, but this is one that I wrote fairly quickly. Kind of all came at once. I probably touched up the lyrics later. I don't remember, but... I knew I had to get my old buddy Scott Kemper to sing with me. Uh, Scott's a wonderful musician from here in Anderson, Indiana. He's a great keyboard player, songwriter, singer. Uh, He's a guy that when I was 16 years old, I went and heard him play uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and sing it on the piano flawlessly. Like I just kind of went, I think I better go practice the drums a little bit. He's that good. He's a a jaw-dropping talent. So the other guest that I want to mention on here is Julie Skull, Eric's wife, plays the violin on this. And Eric, actually, I'm going to give him arranger's credit on this, because he took the ball, I said, I want you to use all kinds of weird little instruments. He plays cello, he puts strings on it, he plays piano on it, Mm -hmm. all those little flourishes other than, I put a little 12-string guitar on it, but uh, that was all Eric, so check it out.
0: All right, here it is, Eyes of a Child.
1: In a young man's day. If you're lucky, the ladies are looking your way. You try to be cool and you learn to be hard. You're never a fool Or caught off your guard These years you'll remember When you're gilded and grey Time seems to stand still In a young man's day Go, go
0: Alright, there it was, Eyes of a Child. Uh, Great one. Again, a a little bit of a different one as far as, uh, you know, like we mentioned the previous song, standout track. I really like that one. I think that one was um, unique in and of itself as well.
2: I love the lift at time code two minutes, where it it just becomes kind of a choir. Oh yeah. That's beautiful. The B section, I I remember I kind of had it figured out on guitar,
3: but I had, or the chorus per se. I had to get to the piano to work out those bass moves on that, mm-hmm. but uh, Scott had a lot to do with the, all those wonderful background vocals. So
2: were those all off the floor, or was there a mix of, of sample voice as well as real voice? No, there's no sample voice. That's all real voices. So thick as a choir. That's why I'm asking.
3: No, it's just a lot of overdubs. It, that's one of those mixing uh, nightmares that I was glad to be finished with. Uh, <laughs> oh, not, not not my favorite thing to have stacks of vocals, but uh, I did the best I could, and uh, yeah, I was really proud of what everybody did. What I was thinking at the beginning of this, I don't know if you guys heard that, but you remember Lady Jane by the Rolling Stones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of had that little it's sitar, I think, on the record, but it had that kind of vibe to it. That's what I was going mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. I always go back to that 60s stuff for inspiration.
0: So when I was looking down the titles when you first sent me the, uh, the link to listen to the record, I mean worst best friend stood out the other one that stood out title wise to me was chevy hat i mean you got to listen to that one you know right away
3: you got to scratch your head if when you don't know the whole line yeah yeah Yeah.
0: what is this one about and i know it also this one featured uh or features mark rivera uh from billy joel's band and ringo and so we had him on the podcast he was actually the first podcast for uh, we kicked off for 2022 great guy wonderful guy
3: yeah my buddy tony burton Came up and he wanted me to help him write a song right. and he said i got a title it's i'm a ford guy with a chevy hat and i said no if you're going to do the dichotomy here the you know it's, it's got to be i drive a ford truck and wear a chevy hat and i said you know let me take that run with it yeah so that's what i did and thankfully and he's got co songwriting credit but i knew where i wanted to go with it and i wanted to go i wanted to be funny mm-hmm. i wanted to be humorous so i went into warren Zivon kind of a thing once i'd done that i realized you know i was thinking about excitable boy yeah it's got that saxophone and i thought if there's you know i don't want to get too deep into copying somebody's style but saxophone sure would be great on here Mm -hmm. and uh who better than the best guy i know in the world to do that kind of a song and that's mark rivera
2: Oh yeah! Now I have a new metaphor, a Chevy hat in a Ford truck. Whenever I felt awkward before, my my go-to metaphor was brown shoes on a tuxedo. (laughs) There you go. go. Same kind
3: of a thing. And it's like a guy that can't make any decisions. He can't decide what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's uh, it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's meant to be fun. And every time I've been out playing this song for about a year, year and a half maybe, and by the time the second chorus rolls around, everybody's singing it along with me. Mm. Yeah, so I it's can really see that. easy to grab. You yeah. Know, grab well, a hold of it. Well, it's so. real
0: relatable and it's funny. Anytime you have all those elements, I mean, it's that's yeah. no surprise. And Mark Rivera, for those that don't know who Mark is, he plays sax on Sledgehammer, Urgent by Foreigner and a ton of Billy Joel songs and a bunch of others. So I mean he's he's, he's no one slouch. of those guys that you hear every day. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And a great guy. Absolutely. Yeah, he's incredible. Okay, bumping along here past uh, Chevy Hat, Dream Motel. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Or actually, you know what? Let's listen to that one first, and then let's talk about it.
3: I don't think we listened to Chevy Hat.
0: Let's do this. Let's listen to Chevy Hat, and then roll right into Dream Motel, and then we'll talk about Dream Motel. There you go. I
1: dream of Florida, sun shovel Chicago snow. My GPS keeps trying to tell me which way to go Usually eat too much, but I don't want to be fat I drive a Ford truck and wear a Chevy hat I'm only getting started when the party ends And I feel like a stranger hanging out with my friends I'm a mess of contradictions, I'll admit to that I drive up for a four truck and wear a Chevy hat A little bit of everything is all I can stand I always do the opposite of what I planned Just an old folk singer in a
0: you have it to a double dose of Dane right there with a snippet of Chevy hat which is awesome Caboom. and uh, the other tune there the last one we just heard there uh, was a dream motel so tell us about this one this is this yeah is well one. dream
3: motel yeah it's a it's a really fun one it was meant to sound be like a stones kind of something off sticky fingers except no electric guitars I played all the acoustic guitars on it nice. I wrote this with my buddy Fred Kohler Fred Co-wrote "Angel Eyes" with John Hyatt. That was a big hit for Jeff Healey. Mm-hmm. With John Prine, he wrote "Let's Talk Dirty" in Hawaiian. Right, uh, and he's written three or four other cat. He wrote a couple of Kathy Mattea number one hits thirty some years ago. Just a ridiculous lyricist and songwriter. And and how do you know Fred? I got to know Fred years ago in Nashville, I believe, from Larry Crane, the former guitar player in John Mellencamp's band. Mm-hmm. And I was in his band in nineteen ninety and that's when i met fred because there was a batch of songs he had written with larry i went down to nashville to record and then you know we stayed in touch a little bit and then jason sturgeon had written with him i told him about fred and he had written with fred he said he wants you to get a hold of him so i ended up doing that and we've written a bunch of tunes together nice a bunch of them that came out on rebel town i think four co-writes there and fred's one of those guys where you better have your phone charged up And push that record on that sucker because it's all going to roll out real quick. And have your pen, and here we go. And uh, so, (laughs) you know, it's really fun. And it's just, you just hang on for dear life. Okay, Fred, I got you. It's like a roller coaster. So, yeah, that's been Troy banging around on the piano and uh, playing accordion. Again, Dave Rowe, you know, doing his Bill Wyman thing there. So, it's just a fun, rootsy song. No, it's a good one. There you go.
0: Very cool. The next one is uh, called uh, Divided Land. Let's have a listen to that one first and then let's uh let's talk about it.
1: Jackass is an elephant too. Each party swears at the other one. Shame the old red, white, and blue. Which side am I on your ass? For this one dream I'll stand to so join together each of us. It's hard for me to relate to those living party platform lives. Can we all agree to disagree and reach a compromise? Toleration must exist, there can be common ground. All
0: right, that was Divided Land from um, Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys from the latest album, Memory Mile. We're here talking to co-host Dane today about it. And also should re-mention that Hugh did the album cover work on it. Yes, he did. Hugh, I will say this. I mean, obviously your work is... Is so well known. And um, I saw this artwork a a while ago before I ever heard the music. And I think it just, it really, it really blends in well with the music itself.
2: Thank you. Um, And sometimes that's not so important. Right. In this case, it does. Yeah. And sometimes those happy accidents happen. A lot of times I don't get the luxury of hearing music or looking at lyrics, but I just get a great title. And this was one of those great titles that just spoke to me. This album's a great achievement. Um, And it's always a delight for me to be a part of a project that's as good as this and will be seen and heard by a lot of people. It's a happy accident that an elephant and a a railroad track (laughs) happened to be my uh, devices for memory and mile.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. So the song Divided Land, um, obviously this one is a little more political in nature, but uh, you you know, which uh certainly relatable. You want to talk a little bit about that aspect, which I know you've never Good. shied away from uh, political leanings or songs necessarily before.
2: I got a political vibe, of course, but I also got that sense of optimism and that sort of lesson that the, the power of love overrules the love of power, you know. Sure. I hate that this nation
3: is so far apart from each other. You know, we're so divided. It's such a divided land. Can't we just not worry about it that much when we were kids like like i said in the song i never talked about politics ever we never even mentioned it and didn't care didn't care didn't care really until recently yeah i mean if i don't care if my next door neighbor's got a trump flag or a biden sticker it doesn't matter either way everybody what everybody wants to do is fine but why are we fighting about it why don't we
2: come together and do some good for the world for the country you know and that should be the way it is but It is the sad residue of the technology. You give someone who either has the goods intellectually or doesn't, you give them a soapbox to stand on, worse still, a megaphone, they're going to... Use it or abuse it, and that's the problem with social media is it's given that device to the
0: qualified and the unqualified, you know, the good,
2: the bad, and the ugly. It's all there.
0: You know what I compare it to, which I know some generations of younger people aren't going to understand what the heck I'm talking about, but remember in the old days, we used to do uh, prank phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are so much fun right because I did many of so, those you, you oh, can yeah. hide behind the, hide behind the phone and nobody knows who it is Say what you, you got want to Prince say Albert
2: McCann.
0: can <laughs> Yeah, don't worry about it, right? Yeah. Is your refrigerator running better go catch it. You know this <laughs> <stupid> stuff, But <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's the same with that although today it has your name stamped on it and it's out there right. forever But yeah, I agree with you, man. I, and I applaud you for the song. It's a good tune and um, Along with all these others and so you go from divided land, which I thought this was interesting as far as sequencing goes You go from the song Divided Land into this really cool and and personal song Mm, uh, about your daughter, your oldest daughter, Emily Marie, Yeah, obviously has some more Elliot Murphy fingerprints on it. Really cool song and really something you should be proud of. I'm sure she is, for sure, but what a great song for her. And so Emily Marie, let's listen to that one real quick.
1: next to my pride Take this faith that I held through catastrophe. Take this cup that I wore at my father's graveside. He loved you with all of his heart. Exactly!
0: Emily Marie a very personal song about your daughter I would like to hear about the songwriting process on that one as well as well as the recording as well
3: so I wrote a song for Abigail my youngest daughter when she was so she's 25 I wrote Abigail Rose which came out on my first record when she was turning one and uh, that's always been the most requested song that I've written and it's a really good song I think and so I always felt weird about writing one for one daughter and then the other two don't have songs written about them so it was actually i started the emily marie song about 10 years ago could have been it was when she was in college and moving away and i knew that it was weird that here she goes she's you know things are going to change i didn't want it to be a real sentimental kind of a song even though it's it still is because it's about my my daughter who i love so much So anyway, I wrote it, and I wasn't quite happy with it. When Elliot and I were doing this stuff, I said, man, I got this song that, I don't know, I got just a couple little, you know, well, you just look at it. And I swear I sent it to him, and he sent it back, and he changed like maybe six words, but it made all the difference. It's like, it's it's, and I can do that with other people's songs too, but sometimes you're so close to it. Yeah, hard to do. Like the very first line, "The night falls quick like a drunken dancer." I think it's a great line, but I didn't have "quick." I was—I don't remember what I had. But he went, "Oh no, quick!" And how great, like a—you know—oh, boom! Yeah, you know. So uh, there's two or three other little places in the song that he added those touches that made it what it is, yeah. and I'm really proud of it. And and Emily loves it. So there you go.
0: I think it's cool that you let somebody else into that space to do that for you because i think that when you're writing a personal song or a poem or something about somebody that you do care about so much i think the tendency might be to you know this one's mine you know i got this right nobody else can nobody else can uh say it the way i need to say it kind of thing i think it's it's cool that you also kind of Know, open the door up to somebody else's interpretation a little bit and let them. Yeah,
3: well, that. and cool. I was
0: kind of knocking. I mean, it's a good person to have. Well, yeah, he's, he's pretty but, yeah. decent with lyrics. So,
3: you know, right, I was kind yeah. of just banging my head against the wall just a little with just, there's just something, there's a couple of things that need to be tied in here. And I was too close to it to finish it myself, I think. Yeah,
0: there's a happy balance when you're writing a personal song, I got to imagine. Yes. Kind of towing the line between being too, you know, coming off as exactly. corny or something, yep. right? And you know, corny can be okay, but corny's not really cool. Right. So, yeah, that's cool. No, it's a good, great Thank song. You.
2: Lines like She Loves You, which did quite well for the Beatles, um, while those seem like pretty pat lines, they really do shine in Baby Girl. When those come in, it's clearly my favorite part of the song. The chord, the melody, just the way that fits in the song is, is beautiful. But if you isolate those phrases, they could sound a little saccharine, a little corny. Um, Case in point, Andy, you know, but this was really well rendered in this this song, Baby Girl.
0: Yeah, the thing that stood out to me with that song is that you put the word still in front of my baby girl, which I think is maybe one of the most sentimental parts of the record is just the title itself, because that's never going to change, That's right?
3: right? (laughs) Even though she's (laughs) marrying this guy, that I'm actually singing it to her husband to be here in a minute or two. Yeah,
0: I saw that. I saw that in the press release. So, So you got up at the wedding and sang this song not at the wedding itself It was at the reception. Oh the reception. Okay, so what was that like?
3: Uh, that was a rough moment (laughs) playing in front of 40,000 people at farm aids one thing, but happened to do that Yeah, I was (laughs) I was shaking (laughs) man. It wasn't easy
0: (laughs) You're like you're doing Elvis I know what I
3: was doing, but uh, I had to do it. I wrote it for and uh, and oddly enough Uh, Still My Baby Girl was another song that I thought, you know, there's a couple things I want to say here that I'm not sure I'm saying right. And I write with this this lady, Antoinette Olson in Nashville. And again, she barely changed anything, but she changed a couple of things in the last verse was what she did that made it. uh, I said, thank you. That's all I needed to help me with this. I could have sat around for mm. another week and figured it out, but I didn't need to. We wrote three songs that day. And I said, Can you just listen yeah. to this? I wrote this for my daughter. It was right before the wedding. So, uh, anyway, she helped. Thank you, Antoinette, who's Ooh. a great songwriter. And, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I don't think anybody's ever written a song. I mean, a lot of guys will, you've heard wedding songs to, to your daughter, but this is to the, it's also kind of to my son in law going, Okay. She'll be your wife, but she's still my baby girl, so I'm keeping my eye on you. I've got my eye on you, Ross. Don't ever forget
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. Congratulations on a great record. Thank you very um, much. I appreciate it, you guys. Really good record. uh, Yeah, really cool collaborators, and uh, congrats to that. Thank you very much. So we're going to close the show. It's been a special show, um, focusing on uh, Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys. Brand new record, uh, Memory Mile. Artwork by Hugh Syme. And uh, congratulations uh, on the record. And this is uh, this song is the actually not the last song in the record, but it's the last song we're playing. It's called, oh, I want to thank. Uh, go
3: ahead. While we're doing that, Larry Franklin
2: played the fiddle and the the mandolin on that. Okay. He's a Nashville. Yeah, I was going to make the comment that when I listened to the mandolin, it had that really hot presence in the mix, like. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's by Elton oh yeah 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 hmm. that was all my licks the the bridge part
3: you're talking about yeah the licks that he's doing I just yep. sent him my fumble fingered version of it and I sang all the backgrounds on it because then it did get too personal and I could have had more people but that's just me singing with myself
2: nice hmm. that's beautiful Yeah. well
3: thanks
0: yeah well let's listen to it. still my baby girl we're going to end the show and uh, congrats Dane and uh, we'll look forward to to more music Thanks road. fellas For more information on Dane and his music Go to daneclark.com Dot com. Correct? Yep. Visit him on there Follow him on all the social channels as well um, And then go grab Memory Mile It's out there everywhere You, you, know, you listen to music, stream music Apple, Spotify, um, you name it So go out there and give it a listen Give it a like, share it with your friends Enjoy
2: Alright, thanks
1: guys See That's my girl I'm proud to say Standing by your side today kept her safe, I watched her grow, now today I'll have to let her go, I would die for her, it's true, now I expect the same from you, protect her in this changing world, she'll be your wife, but she's still mine.